of 2020, our CEO of the day was named one of the 100 most influential young Africans. He holds many portfolios that have shaped his entrepreneurial journey. Nelson Kwaje, team lead at Senior's Herb, is our first guest as we transition into season two of Meet the CEO. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Who is Nelson Kwaje? Uh, my name is Nelson Kwaje. I'm a South Sudanese technologist and an activist. Uh, my work primarily focuses on technology, people, and transformation. My background is in tech. I'm a network engineer by training. Uh, but over the last uh, seven years, I've been involved in a lot of projects that involve uh, technology, um, innovation, and also human development. So that is the focus of my work. I've done several projects uh, in Cameroon, uh, in Ethiopia, Uganda, Kenya, and then finally South Sudan. And over the last three years, I've been based from Juba, I'm primarily doing work leading Seniors Hub, uh, but I'm also involved with two other entities. Uh, that is mainly an NGO called uh, Defy Hate Now that works on mitigating hate speech and a company named uh, Alela Technologies that focuses on tech. Um, so I split my time between these three initiatives, but for the purpose of this interview, I'll primarily be focusing on uh, Seniors Hub. Talk to us about the Seniors Hub. What was the motivation behind setting it up? So Seniors Hub is um, it's a youth innovation and technology hub. The word Seniors itself, it's a word that was coined by a, a British composer named uh, Brian Eno. Um, and seniors basically is a combination of two words, seen and the word genius. So when you combine the two, you get the word seniors. Um, seniors comes from the idea, the philosophy of that, like primarily a lot of the inventions in history have been narrated to be made by geniuses. That means people who sit alone and create ideas and come up with a fully functional uh, concept. Um, uh, and seniors kind of, it means to dispel that idea uh, by implying that a lot of innovations happen through a collaborative effort of so many individuals who come together and create in a scene. And that's what comes up with seniors. So seniors is a connection and collective intelligence of so many people. That is the meaning of the name. Um, the motivation behind seniors is in South Sudan, there is a kind of, the South Sudan has been undergoing conflict for the past uh, 10 years or so. Um, uh, so, um, as a result of that, the environment for innovation and creation has been uh, dry and there has been uh, um, a constant um, uh, lack of opportunities, especially for the youth. So Seniors uh, is situated in the hearts of Juba and it tries to provide an open space for innovation, ideas and creation. Um, and that's why we exist. Uh, so that is the motivation behind uh, Seniors. You are working in an industry that is evolving more often than not in one of the youngest countries in the globe. How do you navigate this to deliver stellar services? So how do we kind of aspire to deliver um, service in such a, a difficult um, uh, environment? So so seniors has like a, a variety of services that we offer. But for us, we started with a very, we, we live in kind of like um, a lean methodology so we have, a, we started with a simple thing of just like offering uh, space for, for, uh, for hosting events. So we started by that. And when we started, there was no much, people could not understand what is the concept behind our ideas and the concept behind seniors. So the first thing that we push for is on, on innovation. 
So we just push for events and push for innovation. Uh, and for me, I really believe in consistency. So a lot of our work has been like just being consistent in trying to deliver what we have. Um, so we have been doing um, uh, a lot of events. So actually over the last one year, we did um, close, to, um, uh, close to 100 events um, that we hosted in the space. This ranges from workshops to um, uh, trainings, uh, art exhibitions, uh, concerts, and all the rest. So, by doing this event, we kind of opened the door for more, you know, for for different um, uh, uh, footprints to happen throughout the the space. And in the context of South Sudan, for you to push innovation, you need to start from what people know to what they don't know. And here in South Sudan, events are the most in Juba, especially events are the most easiest hanging fruit that everyone can understand. So we start from that and also we start by convening. So we convene different types of events, we convene different types of people and by coming here, uh, sitting together, they are able to create. Um, and from there on down, we build on it. We build on that. We created the Evening With series, which is kind of a, um, a talk show evening discussion that focuses on innovation and different types of, uh, of activities. How has Seniors been a catalyst in innovation in South Sudan? We've been a catalyst for innovation by basically breaking the glass ceiling on what can be done. Um, what could the youth can do, um, how the development partners and the government can believe in the abilities of the youth, and we and a range of other activities. We've also been a catalyst by hosting um, and, and our co-working space in, is used by so many startups and so many uh, young people who want to create ideas. So that kind of provides an avenue for them to uh, prosper. And the Seniors Hub, you cover a wide range of sectors from innovation, entrepreneurship and creativity. How does everything coexist in the same space and grow together? Um, seniors by itself, physically, we created a multi-purpose space. Um, so we have a studio, actually where I'm recording this from right now, we have a studio for recording. Um, we have private offices. Uh, then we have an outdoor space uh, for events. And we have the community space and then we have a conference room. So this is a lot um, that you need to understand. Like for for uh, a youth space like us, we don't have a lot of resources. So we try to optimize our space. So our studio um, is most is main, it's mainly used by the creative community. So the, the different uh, artists, the different content creators come and access our studio. And that is what their interest is. Um, uh, on the community space, that's the one that is kind of like, the community co-working space is the one that is open. So we have range of people from like lawyers to students, content creators, um, uh, uh, startup co-founders and the rest. So they kind of like occupy that space. And then we have our conference room, which also acts as a kind of private co-working space, but also when there are no, when there are events, we also use it for events. So it hires out. Um, and then the, the last thing is the outdoor space for the events with the stage and then together with the restaurant. Um, that's a bit of a, uh, that, that's a mix of a dish that to put together. Uh, but the idea for us is, has been always to separate the spaces. So if you're recording in the studio, you probably wouldn't know what someone is doing outside. If you're in the conference room, you'll not probably be interacting with what people are doing in the community space, in the restaurant. Um, unless when they, we have an outdoor event, like a concert, that's when like it occupies the whole space. And the space is designed in such a way that it can um, it can be readjusted to 
uh, to uh, cater for a concert. Uh, putting it together has been a bit of a, a challenge. It hasn't been easy. And of course, we had some clashes at times. Some of the events overspill into others. Um, some of our community members want to do something else. and that. But it's, it's, a, it's a constant balance act that you want to do so that you make sure that everyone else is accommodated and also you, uh, you maximize uh, the use of your resources. There's a lot of disruption in the tech industry. How does one ready themselves for it, especially from the continent perspective? I mean, it's a very interesting thing. Disruption is a continuous uh, thing. And there's a cliche that someone says you need to disrupt yourself before you're disrupted. Uh, So I think one always needs to look on the horizon and see like, what is the next curve? What is the next turn? Um, so like I personally, the way I kind of, I work with my team, I tell them that like there are two tracks that we have to be in. Um, because, so we have to be, if you look at it as like two tracks, there is a track for what is the ideal and the most aspirational thing that we want to do. And then we have another track for what is the most realistic and um, realistic achievable goal that we can do on a daily basis using our resources. So uh, you need to be, as a, as a team leader, you need to be kind of like juggling between the two. If you spend more time, if you spend all your time on what is realistic, what is achievable today, you might lose sight of um, of the goals and the aspirations that you can kind of like, the moonshots that you can focus your energy on. So, and also if you spend so much time on what is idealistic, the most perfect vision, you might also, you might just end up being in a state of inaction and do nothing on a daily basis. So for someone to be able to kind of detect disruption, you always have to kind of be like, okay, be, be doing, but also be thinking of like the future and what is next and also what opportunities you can capture and capitalize on. Like for us, for example, we realize like there are so many um, uh, expatriate and also experts in different types of uh, uh, thought leaders within Juba, um, either working with the development agencies or also working with, um, the government or also with uh, humanitarian actors. So we're like, okay, how can we bring them here to our space to talk to the youth? And we created the evening with, and before you know, it's kind of picked up and it has identity of its own. And I think there are so many other areas that one can disrupt on. Like we're now thinking of creating a maker space so that our people can be able to create uh, and build different innovations within the space. Uh, in terms of the continent, I think, yes, there's a lot of disruption that is happening. Um, but also like there is also a lot of constraint that will not allow everyone to kind of just start focusing on those disruption. Like when you look at things like solar energy, green energy, um, infrastructure for connectivity, um, supply chain uh, disruption. Those are kind of disruptive ideas that one wants to do, financial technology, especially our members here and people, young people around the country wants to do. But the cost of entering into this industry is so prohibitive um, that it, it, it's almost impossible for someone to, um, without proper muscles to go and disrupt those. So um, yes, there is a lot of opportunities, but also they continue to be a lot of constraints. Talk to us about an evening with and the master classes you offer. How much of an impact have they had on the South Sudan ecosystem? The evening with has started as um, as a series. Um, at, at first, we didn't know even what we were doing. We just like, okay, let's do this thing called the evening with. We invited um, this uh, lady who's uh, the the Africa scout for the Toronto Raptors. Her name is Sarah Chan. Um, and she works with um, uh, with Masai Ujuri. So we invited her and we just like started talking. And when we did, um, it, it just became so good. A lot of people tuned into it. It was streamed and like over 25,000 people watched it. And then we we're like, wow, there is an appetite for such kind of a discussion. And then we just started. At first it was just 
different people who come and talk. And then after some time, we started making it into thematic. So we have more thematic um, um uh, a month like in the month of December we mainly focus on financial inclusion so we had the African Development Bank the World Bank and uh, the governor of the Central Bank of uh, South Sudan which is very good and the youth like it because it demystifies power and it also allows for an avenue for people to discuss outside the mainstream um, uh, the mainstream kind of like uh, platforms for discussion whether that is radio TV and uh and, and convening conferences and the rest. And the simplest nature of the discussions allows for young people to interact and kind of engage. So probably the next phase of iteration, we want to publish an evening with series, uh, kind of like a booklet. And we also want to do follow-up actions. Like if we talked about financial inclusion, how can we then bring um, actual uh, solutions that can solve that area? What are some of the challenges you have encountered? I think for us in seniors have the biggest challenge is um, is financing. It's like managing our cost. Like we have huge costs. Um, South Sudan, Juba is probably one of the most expensive um, cities um, in the region, if not across Africa. So trying to manage the cost is just huge. Uh, like we, 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 we have to pay close to uh, like 30, $32,000 in just in rent every year. Um, and then that is apart from the operational cost, the staffing, um, uh, like the services, the supplies, and if we have events. So managing that cost and kind of like finding a hybrid model, that's kind of like development. And part of it is also like money that is generated here to manage the cost has been extremely difficult. Um, and that's kind of like one challenge. The second challenge probably on trying to develop ideas that are relevant. Uh, so that's a constant struggle. Like, how can we be relevant? How can our voice be unique and helpful to so many people as possible? Um, we don't want to become too good until we're not accessible. We don't want to become an elitist space, a space for the for the working class and a space for that. We always want to continue to be a space that is accessible by youth, that is accessible by students, that is always available to create that atmosphere. So um, balancing that has just been uh, um, has not been the easiest of uh, uh, of tasks uh, to do. So that kind of uh, that's kind of like the challenges. Of course, the challenges on leadership and kind of the way forward. Are there any changes you would like to see in your industry? We are like an innovation hub. So we we exist as a, we cut across so many industries, and we exist as a catalyst for development and entrepreneurship. Um, so one of the changes is really we want to see is on uh, financial inclusion. Um, like we have a lot of members, uh, the banks in South Sudan do not lend, uh, uh, so they're not, they don't like lend. And that's understandably so because of the volatility of the market and also the previous um, uh, conflict. So the banks don't lend and we have been like constantly trying to see like how do you finance innovation and how do you finance ideas for our members so that they can be able to take um, ideas to market. Um, and access to financial technology, access to financial services continues to be kind of like the, uh, the biggest challenge uh, and that we want to see, um, uh, that we would love to, to see the uh, change in the industry. Is there a growth expansion plan for Africa? Yes, we do have plans to expand across Africa. But before that, we were, we were mostly first interested in kind of covering South Sudan. Like we're right now mainly in Juba, uh, the capital city and even Juba is big like we're within the we're within the kind of like the town the, the the central business district of Juba at least around the, the main areas but we have two other areas within Juba that we are not 
present in and and some of the young people that cannot come here so our plan is to first of all um do like other two um um uh, flagship kind of like hubs uh, within Juba and then expand across South Sudan within probably across the 10 states uh, in the coming two years once we have a robust presence here then probably we can have uh we want to go across East Africa but but our main thing is that we want to provide unique value and we want to provide value that is demonstrable that is impactful and that can be felt and has a sustainability and long lasting impact we don't just want to kind of like have kind of dots on the map as a means of presence and just growth without any um kind of realistic sustainability strategy so that's kind of like our, our philosophy on that and where do you see nelson in the next five years huh, i am i am 31 i'm i'm i'm, I'm not I, i used to be young and innovative <laughs> i think people started removing the word young out of my introduction i think soon they will remove the word innovative um so i want to focus i think as as the years progress in the next five years i really i want to move into policy um and into investment um like uh, i think the space that i'm in right now is i can't i have a small window to exist and to kind of do this kind of work being in the front seat uh, leading innovation and the rest but definitely in the subsequent five years i would want to edge out and focus a lot of my energy on other kind of uh, uh different and more impactful things uh, definitely policy work um in south sudan across the continent and also investment um either being investing from my own resources or acting as a catalyst kind of for encouraging investment um in very particular industries that are disruptive and also are kind of have more lasting impact A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Tanzania's annual inflation rate edged up to 4.9% in January of 2023, the highest in five years from 4.8% in the prior month. Prices continue to climb mostly for food and non-alcoholic beverages and transport on a monthly basis. Consumer prices inched up by 0.7% after increasing by 0.8% in the previous month. The annual urban inflation rate in Egypt climbed up for the seventh straight month to 25.8% in January 2023 from 21 0.3% in the previous month and beating market expectations of 23.8%. This was the highest reading since December of 2017, sending inflation above the upper limit of the central bank's 5.9% target range for the 11th straight month amid a falling currency due to a series of devaluations starting in March 2022, foreign currency shortages and delays in imports. Main upward pressure came from prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, by far the most relevant in the CPI basket. Egypt's government announced in late January that they would start selling discounted bread to people not enrolled in its bread subsidy program in an attempt to bring down food prices on a monthly basis. Consumer prices rose 4.7%, the highest since November 2016, following a 3.16% increase in the previous month. Thank you for always waking up with us from over 700 cities and 112 countries. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at with a dong.